Hey, everybody. This is Jerry Ordway, probably best known for Power Shazam, Superman, things like that. You're listening to Spoiler Country. It's time to enter the spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick and Jeff. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on spoilerverse.com. But if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us and use the voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Citizens of the Republic of Spoilerverse, welcome back to Spoilerverse. Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Regan. That is Mr. Horsley. And today on the show, well, it's the it's the soft ramblings of Kenrick and Jerry. Yeah, it is. And Jeff Haas. And Jeff. That's right. And Jeff Haas. Yeah, Jeff. I think Jeff talks more on this one than he did on the actual interview with, with Ordway. But as you heard me say at the end of the Ordway episode a couple days ago, we Kenrick actually did record the first like 30 or so minutes, but it's all like them just talking and shooting the shit, talking about stuff and then going, Oh, Hey, we've been talking for, we should do the introductions. And then it ends. So this is, this is all of that conversation, <laughs> which is not, co- not really comic book related, but it's a good stuff. Yeah. It's just current stuff. And it, current it, events, it, yeah. it was like, it's a conversation. Uh, we don't always record the, the, the preamble. Yeah. And I just happened to be recording when Jerry called in or when I called Jerry, I don't remember how, which way it went. But either way, yeah, you called either him, way. But anyways, cool. uh, it was just the conversation that you have to get to know somebody and to, you know, you kind of, you put your feelers out to see, especially with somebody you don't, you've never talked to. You want to put your feelers out to see how they are, uh, socially, politically, all that kind of stuff. Because if you're on the same page and that makes the interview so much easier, uh, it does. It they're does. completely, their ideology is completely different than yours. That can make things more difficult. So then you have to kind of jump around a little bit or, you know what I mean? Not do right, something right. to curtail the the interview, <laughs> so, <laughs> right. but it was easy with with Jerry as you guys you'll hear that uh, we instantly got along. No, yeah, he was he was great. I really do wish I was on this one. So I'm really hoping to get Jerry to come back and talk more about some stuff. Yeah, and uh, I can be on that one with you because it was it, he seemed great. Yeah, well, let's sit back, listen to Jeff, Jerry, and myself in our own words. Hello, Jerry. Yes, hello Hi. there. My name is Kenrick. I'm with the Spoiler Country Podcast. Thanks for your time today. No problem. How's everything going? <clears throat> it's been pretty just humid here today, so it's like an added bonus. And <laughs> 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 everything's steamy and well, I'm in, guys. I'm in um, near Seattle, and we're watching uh, the protesters overtake six blocks and force the police out of the precinct and board it all up. Oh wow! It is. I think cr- I heard about that. Yeah, it is enough. crazy. And then Antifa 
released a set of demands that's some some of them are very pragmatic others are ridiculous <laughs> as you know what i mean as they would be but there are actual leaders to this group not none that have come forward that i've seen yeah. that are actual leaders you know what i mean that are talking yeah. on behalf of anything it's been what two days now that this has been going on where they've actually pushed everything out but i they allowed the cops back into the precinct to check things out, the, the Seattle chief of police. Right. And she looked over everything, and I think they're going to start moving people back in. It's, I mean, I, I you know, whatever side you're on started. about it, you know, there's a lot going on, and I get yeah. it. But at the same time, like, garbage service can't get through, ambulances, fire yeah. trucks, you know, these people that can't get through. And if something were to happen... You know? I just think it's it's weird. <clears throat> it's good that it hasn't exploded. Yeah, I worry. That's I what I worry about. Seem, it's it's different than having just a, a crowd or whatever. And yeah, and it's it, you know it's hard to be sympathetic to the police from what I've seen. I'm yeah. sure everybody's not the same. You know what I mean? I, right. It's it's easy enough to see the negative stuff and go, okay, it's all like that. I know it's not because I know there are a lot of or there have been a fair amount of, uh, of protests where there hasn't been any police action. They've just been standing there. So right. I think it's it's dependent on who you know whoever's directing them because ultimately you know if you're de-escalating a situation, you don't you don't use violence. Yeah. You know what I mean, if they're in in like in New York, we had uh, I'm in Connecticut, I'm like uh, 50 minutes away, but. In New York, the the news has been all weird for, uh, initially, the police had moved all these, I mean, they were like all on the marchers or all on the, the protesters, and they basically left huge areas unpoliced, which is, you know, like, so opportunists started breaking windows and stuff like that. I mean, I still am not convinced that that's part of the group. I think it's just people who went, hey, look, there's cops yep. over here. There's nobody over here. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think there's But some... that seems like that's got to be a, you know, that has to be, I mean, we're paying the police for this too, so they have to have plans. Yeah. I don't know how that works that, you know, they send everybody out because they're getting overtime or what, but. I don't know that showing up though with flash grenades and rubber bullets and tear gas is the way to. No, well, it's not the way to win your heart, win people's hearts. Yeah, to win them <laughs> <You> over. <laughs> all you have to—I mean, it's you know—all you have to see is one person with some horrible injury, and we've seen tons, tons of them. And yeah, it's like, yeah. I mean, the to me, the worst, and the, I don't know. You see, like the pictures of people standing on the side of the road, the police drive by, and they're spraying. People who aren't doing anything, they're just standing there. They're spraying people with tear tear gas, and you know, it's like, come on, yeah, that's yeah. just provocation. So I think, you know, there is an element of that, depending on who was directing the police to try to make them look bad. Yeah, because I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I'm a I'm a student of history. I love history, and you know, in a weird way. So much stuff does repeat, and it's it, we're clearly in a repeat cycle. From is this similar to what, what happened in the night? Because I was born in 74. So yeah. for me, it's the Rodney King riot, the L.A. riots, that is the closest to this. Yeah. Uh, and then, but nothing else. I mean, we had the World Health Organization riots here, or the World Trade Organization right. riots here back in the late 90s, but it was nothing yeah. like this, obviously. It only lasted for a day and a half. 
But when I was a kid, I mean, I was I I was maybe ten years old when the sixty-seven were going on, and yeah, and uh, in Milwaukee, where I grew up, there was a you know they issued a curfew, and you know our neighborhood wasn't affected, but I mean it was that was almost I don't know how you'd put it, but it was it was in that time most of it was in the black neighborhoods. Yeah. You know, I mean, Milwaukee was fairly segregated by... But they're the most disenfranchised. Well, it was like North Side, South Side. Yeah. South Side was Hispanic, and, and you know, the North Side was pretty much all black. And yeah. I think that's where they saw the... You know, I mean, it was just, it was contained there. That's where all the violence happened. But now what's different to me is it's gained so much traction that it's not just yeah. you know, black people protesting. And I think that's good. It's important. You know I mean, I think you spread it out. You don't have the, you know, if it takes, I mean, if it takes like a 75 year old guy getting brain damaged, I mean, it's a horrible thing, but yeah. like this guy that got pushed over in Buffalo. Yeah. That was you know, crazy. Well, and that's at least a reminder that, Hey, this isn't just limited. This can happen to anybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's insane. I, I I have friends that don't quite, they can't quite comprehend what's actually happening. They just see it as people complaining and or well, he shouldn't have been a criminal and that wouldn't have right. happened. But it's like, right. dude, no, man, you, you got to see, you got to look at things as percentages. Yeah. And if fifteen percent of your population is getting ninety percent of the police brutality, there's an issue yeah. there. And well. well. Well, have you been? Did you see the um, comment, uh, the Chris Rock from the old uh, sitcom, uh, not sitcom, the stand-up that he did back in the day? Uh-uh. We talk, when he compares cops to um, airline pilots, <laughs> and, and basically what he said was, it. cops are like airline pilots. You can't just have a few bad apples. You, you don't have a few uh, airline pilots who say, "I don't, I don't like landing planes very much." You know, it's right. like one of those jobs that everyone has to be good at, <laughs> right? And do the right thing. <laughs> That's the other thing too. I hate hearing that. Well, there's a couple bad apples. Well, you don't finish the saying when you say that. It's right. a few bad apples spoil the bunch. And, yeah. you know, right now there's a bunch spoiled. <laughs> well, I mean, again, though, the, the, to me, it's like, it's all about organization. Yeah. They're an organization. And just like stuff comes, I mean, we, you know, we, we need a president. Well, you, you, we, it'd be nice to have a president who set the right tone. And he did from the beginning, he didn't do anything the right way. I mean, he basically says, send out the troops or whatever. And, and, you know, you may feel a certain way, but you're dealing with a country. You're not trying to blow it up. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, part of being a leader is playing to the entire group, not just to the five guys who like you, you know? Right. right. And, so, and, I, and I would say, too, when, when we talk about, I think, between when they say good cops, bad cops, things of that nature, a good cop just can't be a cop who doesn't do anything wrong or does or tries to do well has to be a cop that when he sees another cop doing something inappropriate does speak. And I think those who don't cannot still be included as the idea of a good cop. Yeah. yeah. Because well, th- that responsibility the, is on yours as well. And you've seen that. I mean, uh, there's the code of silence and all that stuff. And that, that stuff is true. I mean, yeah. the, you know, it's like you, it would be like if you were at any job and you told on some other worker you know what I mean? Like in, in a police thing, if you told on a, on your fellow cop, well, you're telling somebody who's probably going to remember you for doing that rather than, oh, this guy's bad. We must deal with it. He's going to be like, hey, you shouldn't be talking bad about these other guys. We all hang together. You right. Know? That's yeah, one, I mean, I, 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 I totally I get that, too. I mean, when you think about it, 
you're if you're I guess you're a good cop and you're surrounded by cops who you don't who know you did something against or talked against them. You, they are um, in any violent situation. You do have people around you then that you can't trust will not do something, you know, get, take an advantage of that situation, right. which uh, is that, unfortunate. Right. Calling for backup again, and nobody shows up. Well, some, I mean, somebody has, if you're, well, again, it's not, not everything's like a TV show, but That's right. I mean, you think of things in relation to being a coworker. If you've got somebody who you're going out on a police call with and this guy doesn't, isn't going to, you think he, for some reason, he's not going to watch your back because you, you know, you turned on him or something right. like that. that. I'm sure there's, it's it's everything to the max. I mean, it's all heightened. It's not just like, you know, worrying about working at Walmart and having somebody who you pissed <laughs> off come in with a gun. Right. You know what I mean, it, right. it's just, this is somebody who's already got a gun right. <laughs> working with like well, everybody else. One of, one of the issues <laughs> is though, is when somebody calls out police brutality or even a, a shooting, like a cop shoots somebody and <clears throat> they don't, followed the correct protocols for that to happen when they're investigated the biggest problem is they're investigated by the local prosecutor who relies yeah. on them to to bring in criminals that need to be prosecuted and so there's a tit for tat that happens yeah. and there's there's no outside investigation happening right. and that needs well, to happen it should come from a federal level not a local level well imagine like in in New York City and again most of my news comes from there because yeah. we're close enough that you know it's like that's your major market so we don't have a TV station in our town or whatever but i mean with new york city they the the incidents and the reports against officers are not shared in other words right. like you don't find any of this stuff out until they've either are at a point where they have to charge somebody you know and then you find out oh this guy had 90 you know, assault uh, complaints against them or whatever. I mean, there's no transparency, and that's that's a problem. That in, is in a problem. Like in, in, the, in the nearest town to us, where I used to live in Fairfield, Fairfield had a police officer who, and this is just like one of these things where you, you I store this stuff in my, in my head, and I go, God, this stinks. How, how could this happen? It, and it was smaller stakes, but it was a, a police officer who was connected. His, he was the son of the mayor of another town, maybe 20 miles away. The guy worked as a police officer. He was caught, and apparently they built a case for like two years or something. He was stealing drugs out of the evidence locker for over two years. He was stealing them to sell, also to use. Right. So the police, when they when they built the case, they fired him, and then the police uh, union went to some kind of judge or whatever, and they basically after a year, they wound up having to hire him back because, and this is where, again, you know, the world makes your head explode. There was the police was at fault. The Fairfield police were at fault for putting him in a position uh, to be tempted by the drugs (laughs) because he had some kind of past history with substance abuse or something. And I'm like, well, well, wait a minute. How, if that limits your job, yeah, and your job is being around that. Then you're you shouldn't be qualified for that job. That's right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I mean, right. if you're if you, it's one thing to give somebody a chance and say because if they didn't give him that job, he could have sued because they would have said, "Hey, I, I'm a substance, I have a substance abuse thing, and you just discriminated against me because, you know, and that's a federal, uh, a federal offense or whatever, you know, against because they've, they've, you know, expanded the disabilities thing to include drug and and alcohol and things like that so you're technically i guess 
or at least you can claim you're disabled if you have an addiction. Yeah. So they couldn't have fired them or they couldn't have said, hey, we're not going to hire you for this reason. But then, you know, they're forced to reinstate him because That's crazy. they shouldn't have put him in within, you know, some control over this evidence locker as a police officer. It was just like, oh, I hate that. That's, that's insane. Stuff that, those are things. That, and again, no, you know, I don't know if you're Republican, Democrat, whatever. For the most part, since Reagan was in office, they've been Republicans have been breaking unions, right? Yeah. Yeah. They broke the air traffic controllers. Famously yeah, Reagan went in and fired them all. Right. So anyways, the only unions that the Republicans have never gone after to try to break are the police unions. And the police unions are so strong, they've got everybody over a barrel. And again, I know it's a tough job. Yeah. And it's basically, I wouldn't want to do it. But a lot of those jobs are what we're, what are causing a huge bu- budget deficits because it's the benefits as yeah. well. I mean, yeah. they have, they can retire young. I mean, they can retire at 50, like in New York city. I think you can, you work your whatever 20 years. If you started young, you started at 30, you can retire at 50 with full, wow. full pension. And in a lot of cases, these guys go back into they'll retire and then they'll get another job, like a parallel thing. Wow. Police advocate, something like that. And then they get like a double pension kind of thing going. Wow. (laughs) I didn't know they even offered pensions anymore. You know, like I can't find a job with a pension. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, you can't even find a job that offers health insurance. Yeah. That's that's the thing. So there's really a a weird disparity there, but that has nothing to do with the the violence part. No, It, It seems like, I don't think, you know, you, you talk to a lot of people and you say, well, have you ever had a good encounter? You know, and, yeah. you know, it's tough because if, even if you get pulled over on the road or whatever, you know, you could be white and be scared shitless. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. You know? Right. Right. I mean, I feel like though, if you're white, you have a less likely something going to happen. I mean, you could, but yeah, like but I, I mean, got pulled I mean, over on New Year's Eve. I was doing 10 over. I didn't notice it. And I gave him my license. I gave him my registration. My self, my insurance is on my phone, right? So I bring it up mm-hmm. the app, and he's like, "Oh, don't worry, I believe you." And I was nope. like, "Wait, okay. what? <laughs> you don't need to see it?" He's like, "Nah, I believe you. Don't worry about it." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay." And I could just imagine, like, my buddy Dave, if the same thing happened to him, he'd be like, "No, no, no, you gotta give me your proof of insurance." Well, I mean, again, though, how much did you get a ticket? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. I mean, that's. That's another part of policing, and that's a money uh, a thing that they're basically kind of forced to do. Yeah, yeah. They're forced to pull people over, even if they don't like have an, you know violations or whatever, because they're supposed to prove that they're working. Right. So, right. You know, I mean, that's again, all that stuff is all why I think people are because I, 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 when I first started hearing the defund the police thing, I was like, "Well, come on, you can't do that." Right. But the more I've read about it, is what they're they're talking about is is not like abolishing it but they're talking it's not about, a money thing well they're talking about taking taking certain things off the table because yeah. it, a lot of things a lot of the the budgetary things are going to you know like basically make them into an army you know do yeah. they need a tank yeah. do they need another oh, sorry I, was say, I know they're trying to demilitarize the police which i think is psychologically a benefit to um everybody well, they need to, like in Fairfield, not Fairfield, but like in Connecticut, when we had we had a hurricane a couple of years ago, and the police were like, you know, I mean, it was on the news. They had like this gigantic assault vehicle, which they were driving through, you know, four foot high water and picking up people, stranded people. And it's like, oh, okay, they finally got to use that. But 
you know how much that costs to maintain when you're not using it for, you know, 10 years? It's these things are it, it would like if you had one in your house or in your parked in your driveway, you can't just let it sit there. <laughs> right. right. I mean, it's got to be maintained. Yep. It's got to be used. It's got to be driven. It's got to be, you know, so it's just that's another aspect of it. It's just the stuff. I think you do have that sensation of like. If you had that, if you had some kind of amphibious assault vehicle, you'd be like, damn, I wish I had a time to use it. When am I going to get to use this thing? You know, so, hey, look, there's a bunch of people protesting and they're all holding daisies. They're right next to the window, the river, too. Let's try those rubber bullets. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, again, you know, it's it's very easy, I think, to suddenly be, oh, we have to do this and we have to do that. And, you know, the, the biggest issue is, that, as you mentioned, you went through. We've we've gone through different phases where people have protested, then things have died down, and nothing really is has substantially changed. Yeah, that's I think. You know, w- will that happen here? You know, there's going to be a point where, like right now, there's a lot of people who are out of work. That's a bad thing. I mean, that's a bad thing to have a, a giant. You know, that's that is where revolutions come from. You have a lot of people who have no jobs. Yeah. You know, yeah. if they got nothing better to do, they might as well be out there marching. You I mean, you've got a saying? storm brewing with a pandemic, uh, yeah. massive unemployment based off of the pandemic, and then you light a match by by killing somebody in the street like that. It's, well, it's, have you heard any more of that, about that guy? That was the latest news was that the cop, the guy who, who did the kneeling, the cop was had worked a side job at a nightclub, and apparently had had previous encounter or two with this guy oh wow no adds an extra i mean you know it adds an extra element to it like yeah. it's, it, it's not that oh he was a stranger it's like maybe i know this guy or maybe i've prejudged this guy because you know he, we we did we yelled at each other We've at had club, altercations whatever, but, already that's crazy yeah, yeah but i mean that's you know whatever i mean it, yeah it, it, it's it's crazy saying, i do think it's also important to 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 point out too that as we're talking about the powder cake that's going on is that since there is a sense of a lack of leadership at the top for as administration, president, whatnot, that people don't feel like anyone has it under control. I think that also adds to the anger and the confusion as well, that there isn't someone at the top going, you know, this is what we're going to do. This is how we can solve the problem. Let's talk about this. I think that adds to a lot of this. Oh, yeah. I mean, every president in my lifetime has at least made an attempt to be reasonable. I mean, I remember Nixon when the the student protests were going on, I mean, I was young, but I do remember watching the news with my mom and seeing, you know, that you you st- you may not believe it, you may be like, oh, damn those protesters, but you have to project something. Yeah. You have to project a sense of calm. The same way you, you know, the opposite really of what happened with the virus stuff is, you're also supposed to put people on notice that this is real, that this is scary, because if you don't. People aren't going to comply, you know. Right, They're not going to take it seriously. Yeah, I mean, you guys went through the really the first. I mean, in the Seattle area, wasn't it the, the first? Yeah, they thought somebody came in, went to a retirement home, and it just kind of went rampant. And that first and, set really came out of the the same place, right? Well, and even yeah, I'd read that the the reason that they caught it was that they had a. a what is that? I think no, it's that is that is my side. We're on. So I have a mixer uh-huh. and I mix Jeff in with me and then I call you on the phone and it okay. puts us all together. That way I can get everybody on a separate track when I go to edit and it makes yeah. it a lot easier. But Jeff, are you back? I think we lost him. 
No, I, I don't think I don't think I, I left. I didn't know that. So yeah, you, you, you went away and then you came back. Okay, sorry, Jerry. Oh, no, no problem. Actually, let's let's do some slight introductions. We got really heavy really quick, and it was Are we actually recording. Are we? Yeah, we're actually we recording. So if there's anything <laughs> in there that you want me to edit out, Jerry, just let me know. And then no, I just figure you know if you didn't want to do a political thing, we can just no, we're good either. I, I'm good either way because it's nice when we have a good open conversation about things and you can actually talk. And and I think right now it's super important because it's not it, it's happening more and more now than I think ever before, which is which is great. And it's great that we have three different generations on the phone right now. You know, you're you're the generation before me, Jerry. Then I was born in the seventies, and and, <laughs> and Jeff is right behind me, so he's so he's right there. So I don't want to be the grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, just real quick, guys, thanks for joining the show. You you come in the, in the middle of a great conversation. We're lucky to have Jerry Ordway, one of the great inkers, writers, pencilers of comic books in the last, I don't even know how long, Jerry, what, since 1980? I hate to tell you. Yeah, 1980. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're, we're talking just a couple years, not too long. And he's worked on some great ones. Like you, you did the first two arcs of Death of Superman. You actually wrote that with the crew, with Louise Simonson and everybody else yeah. that was there. I was, which on, is, I was on Superman with from the relaunch right after John Burns. Someday I want to hear you in someone else's words. Okay. I'll write up his mm-hmm. stuff, and you can have you can have Jeff read it all. Let's listen to Kenrick in Jeff's words. Yeah, <laughs> and we're back, and we are back. Yeah, that was a fun little thing. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, I I thought about not releasing it at first, but it, I I re-listened to it after I edited, it and I was like, no, no, this is this is good stuff. This is good content. So I figured, why not put it out on Saturday, right? Yeah, put it out on a Saturday. Put it on a Sunday. Sit back, listen to Jerry and Jeff and and me and and. Yeah. Not me. Well, me. Well, me now, but not me there. But me now. Yes. Has <laughs> and have not have not been. Yeah. yeah. I should go. I should go back to it and like insert myself, like adding commentary in the background, like just cutting. Just in, you like, going. I agree. <laughs> I yes. agree. Good oh point. Oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. No, I was totally on the interview. Just listen to it. Listen to it. It'll hold up in court. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Oh, man. But I think for today, that's a show. That is a show. If people like what they heard, Johnny, what can they do? Well, they can uh, go outside and scream real loud, Spoil the country! And see if we answer. But if they don't want to do that and look like an idiot, they can go to their phones or podcatchers and, you know, look up Spoil the Country or go to, go to uh, sepod.net, which is our old website, or spoilerverse.com, which is our new website. They will go to the same place, though. And check out our podcast there. Check out all of our other awesome podcasts, which like Half-Eyes Adventures, Bridge in the Geekdoms, Funny Book Forensics. The list goes on and on and on, folks. There's so many awesome shows there. And there's articles. There's there's previews. There's reviews. There's press releases. There's just a lot of stuff there to take your whole day. Go there. Click through every article you want. Leave some comments. We love comments there. And there's also a store link where you can buy some shit and help support us and, you know, look cool as hell. There you go. Couldn't said it better myself. The only thing left to say is, in oceans of podcasts, we are Cthulhu. And as Cthulhu compels you to do, open the
cool. All right, I'm going. It's good. All right. And then we can call him in a second. I have an upset stomach, so I've been like, ugh. Yeah, I know that because I felt that way yesterday, actually. Yeah. So if I have to go to the bathroom, I will message you. <laughs> Segway. Yeah. Cut in, cut in. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he can come up with something quickly. <laughs> well, I'll just message you, and that way when he's done talking, maybe you can keep the conversation. I should be fine, but just in case. Yeah, no worries. No worries. I, I, like, I got about four or five things I'm going to um, t- discuss that he's been discussing. It's, it's more about some of the stuff he did as the Jewish creator that he does discuss from time to time in, in his nice. work. Nice. So I do want to go into that a little bit. 86. 86. Okay, we're calling him now. Okay. You have been forwarded to a voicemail system. What the fuck? Uh, I don't know. We'll wait a couple um, minutes. Wait one second. We can wait a couple minutes and try again. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I guess I kept putting PST, and I guess he thought I meant EST. I don't know what he thought the P was. He probably, I guess he just wasn't reading it closely. Yeah. And there's a lot of times like, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. Well, you East Coasters, man, think the world revolves around you. <laughs> You know, it's, it, and as, as it should. You know, we're, uh, we're obviously one of the ones. You guys are on the least coast, man. We're on the best coast. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Terrible, terrible. Okay, so um trying to see where this was. Green cover. I th- I, yeah, apparently he was pushed upon, I think it's Roy Thomas, twice by uh, Len Wine as, as an artist, as an inker on him. Apparently, he wasn't um, appreciated at first. That's weird. Then he just oh, no, goes sorry, on to Rich be... Rich Buckler. Rich Buckler. Yeah, well, then he just goes on to be one of the greatest inkers of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> goes, I, I won't go into Rhapsody's here about Jerry's Town because I'll admit that no less than twice he was thrust upon me by editor Len Wine. This was on All-Star Squadron, too, so that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think message him, see if he's going to respond. Should we try again? I sent him a message on Twitter, but he didn't respond. All right, well... Yeah. Um, last I spoke to him was eight o'clock, um, uh, my time. When he said, "Okay, that's fine. Sorry for the confusion." So I mean, he does know we're supposed to be talking to him, unless he, you know, couldn't. Yeah. Do the, um, Let's wait two minutes and then call him. I'll put it at six thirty-five. Alrighty. I just don't want to. Sometimes though, does he know the number that I'm calling him from? Probably. I probably did not say that. Oh no. uh, yeah. Sometimes the zero 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 number freaks people out. Mm. Well, I know what my father used to do. He would not accept any phone unless he called twice in a row. Really? Yeah, he wouldn't pick up the phone unless he called twice in a row. Even if he knew the number, he still wouldn't do it. That's weird. Why? He doesn't want to talk to a uh, phone salesman, and he thinks if you call twice in a row, you're not a phone salesman. That's funny. Is, yeah. is your dad still around? Yeah, yeah, he's still around. So, and he still does that? Yeah. <laughs> he actually does not even own a cell phone. Oh, that's hilarious. All right, let's try. You have been forwarded to a voicemail system. No, he declined that one. All right, are you calling? No. Apparently, gave me a different. 
six. Yep, the that's the number. Yep, that's the number. Maybe it's too late for him. <laughs> no, he no. You just messaged me just now. Oh, what's the number? Two two oh. three. Give me the wrong number originally. Okay. Yeah, that's the no. I just sent you the number you first gave me. Yeah. So. Hello. Hello, Jerry. Yes. Hello Hi. there. My name is Kenrick. I'm with the Spoiler Country Podcast. Thanks for your time today. 